Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by now. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. It is Tuesday night, October 24th, 2023. The bye week is over for the Purdue football team and the bye week is over for the Boiler Breakdown podcast as uh, we maybe we weren't planning to take a bye last week, but you know, thing called called life uh, gets in the way. Sometimes we get busy and just can't make a pod happen. And and let's be honest, we didn't really want to go in depth (laughs) on Purdue's 41 to seven loss to Ohio State. Um, It's pretty ugly. Yeah. Pretty not ugly. not a whole lot went well for Purdue. Uh Mockby had over hundred yards. That was about the yep. only bright spot. Well, the only guy to do so against Ohio State. But uh Marvin Harrison Jr., that guy's pretty good, eh? Yeah, he might have a future in this whole football thing. I don't know. We'll see. Oh see my gosh. <laughs> I was trying to think the other day. You know, we've seen better receiving performances from an opposing wide receiver in Rossade, but he might be the most skilled wide receiver we've ever seen in Rossade. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, I'm, I'm trying to even just, like, other players. I know, obviously, we've been pretty lucky to see, you know, you know, I haven't gone to games since when we were kids, so we've been able to see some pretty talented people. And I've been trying to think of who some maybe the all-time people that we've seen play in Rossade. And I cannot think of a single one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I could think of, like, I mean, Kyle Smith. Rudolph is probably Troy Smith. Yeah, Kyle Heisman, Rudolph. Heisman Trophy, but Ted yeah. Ginn. I mean, um, did we see Zeke? I think we we would have seen him. Yeah, I, I think he was on that Hazel team. Yeah, against that Hazel team, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michigan, Ohio State have had tons. You know, right? Yes, usually Chad Henne, Mike Hart. Yeah, or Notre Dame usually were the people that. Yep. Had, the occasional Penn State. You know, if we play them at home, JJ Watt. Wisconsin yeah. was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no, yeah, you're right. Big time boiler said needed that bye week in the worst way. And luckily, Nebraska's more wounded than we are. Yeah, they have a lot of wounded guys in the offensive line heading mm-hmm. this week. So, and he also said Fresno State wide receiver week one. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head either, but he had a good week one against us. Yeah. Yeah. That was putting it, putting it kindly. But uh, yeah, disappointing. <laughs> Cameron Day uh, stopped by on Facebook <laughs> just to, just to add his comment about Cam Allen. So it's a new weekly segment on the on the pod. Yeah, yeah Cam on Cam, Cam yeah. on Cam hate. Yeah, yeah Cam Allen right. did not have a good game. To, uh, nicely. Not too many people did. Um, no. Like I said, Mockaby was about the only bright spot. I I really thought Purdue could make it competitive, and like my bold spicy prediction was they'd be tied or had to have a lead a half. We were down twenty a half, and then just things did not get better in the second half. And man, I came out of that game, and I know Free Hill's supposed to be back or starting kicker, but I am worried about the kicking game. Three uh, for nine yeah. for field goals on the season is not ideal whatsoever. No, and then well, we missed the first one. I can't remember how how long it was. Um, 
like I mean, it was on our we, we couldn't tell like from our it looked like and the replay looked like he missed it pretty badly because i mean as soon as he kicked it the ohio state fans in the north end zone they were going crazy so that's what we knew it was um it was bad i don't remember the second but it was the third kick kind of near the end of the uh first half where he doinked it off the ball out of crossbar i'm just like good god this can get much worse well and the and the poor kid um they pulled him when when the, we did finally score a touchdown and brought the guy who uh, yeah. does I I can't remember the, either player's name off the top of yeah. my head no, without looking it, it Ma- up. Ma- Ma- Machias, I think, is the the guy who is the pulled. yeah, and then the uh, yeah. which I mean in his I mean it's he is a, well, he's a is he a true freshman or a retro or like a walk on? He's a walk on. The conditions were horrible. They were um, not good. They were not good, but still, I mean, what do you mean you got to do it? So, but yeah, it was. Yep. And you wonder if that, you know, that we, because that's what sucked is that drive. Like our first drive, we were, you know, Purdue was rolling down. You know, they got really past probably to the other 40 pretty easily and then kind of it stalled out against the Ohio State defense. And then we missed the kick and it just felt so deflating um, just because, like, I mean, I don't know if that field goal would have really changed the game. It definitely wouldn't have hurt. That's for sure. Cameron Dale, Facebook, do you think Harbaugh sent his spy to the OSU-Purdue game to prepare for Purdue? <laughs> He wouldn't subject him to those terrible locker rooms. I'm not sure he would do that. That is true. That <laughs> is true. But he, uh, I saw another report this afternoon. It was just before um, I had the fortune uh, this evening to jump on the Voice of College Football tonight with uh, Mark Rogers to uh, to talk with some uh, Nebraska guys about the upcoming game. So go check that out on YouTube um, when you have some time. Um, thanks again to them for having me. But um, so I wasn't able to really look into this tweet, but I saw a report that uh, Harbaugh also sent this guy to, uh, I think it was Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, some other schools outside the Big Ten. Interesting. So It's just like a prep just like for the football playoff, yep. obviously. Yep. So Interesting. Well, don't worry about yeah. Tennessee anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Thank goodness. Big Time Boiler on YouTube saying, kicking game is going to be super important the next four games. Fans, Michigan, Free Hill, I think, is at least decent. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, uh, I'll save my score prediction for later. But the score yeah. prediction I gave on the podcast I just did, including us making a field goal in my score. So, um, and the yeah, host yeah. of the podcast picked Nebraska to beat us by two, and we miss a game-winning field goal. Oh I told my, my heart God. can't take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, outside of Michigan. Which is probably gonna be a, a, probably a, just might as well just copy and paste the Ohio State game more than likely. Seven thirty um, NBC, baby, let's go. <laughs> Prime time. Sorry, shock watch. the world. Um, yeah, I mean all those games. I mean they're kind of at this point kind of toss ups, you know, between yes Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana. As of right now, you could say each one. I mean, obviously, Purdue yep. will be favored in a few of those, but like kicking will. I mean, kicking will come down, or it will come down to kicking, and I'm would not be surprised if I mean if you put the over under. Two and a half of the four games, I'll, I'll bet. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's why I, I titled this podcast tonight, uh, Biggest Game of the Ryan Walters Era. And I know it's mm-hmm. only the only the uh, the eighth game, but yeah, we, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's playoff time. You got to win four to the last five. And that starts mm-hmm. with this and weekend. One of those because, is Michigan. So. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing that one out. So you got to win your yeah. other four. You got to be at Nebraska, Minnesota home, at Northwestern, mm-hmm. Indiana home. You got to get them all. And they look yeah. gettable. I know Minnesota just won at Iowa, something we didn't do. But um, they were handed. They were, they were absolutely handed. handed. I do not yeah. know what that referee, what, what made me mad about that was 
I mean, okay, he was doing this, which is the Peter call for everybody to get away from the ball. He wasn't doing this over his head. Yeah, he never went above and, his shoulder. Like, and even if he did, they were reviewing it to see if he stepped out. Right. I didn't really and get then they that. overturn everything. Yeah. That's messed yeah. up. You, yeah. 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 So, but, but granted, I was in ability to score finally caught up. But I'm not a PJ Fleck fan either. So, uh, no. But, but no, the West is the West is the West. It's uh, the last year of <laughs> it. So let's enjoy it while we can. Right. Um, but uh, no, looking at this, uh, do you have any other thoughts on the Ohio State game before we go right into Nebraska? <sighs> I mean, I, I as long as Ryan Day's at Ohio State, I feel like that's going to be pretty typical of a Ohio State Purdue game, just because I feel like I mean, Ryan Day he's not the arrogance of a <clears throat> of a uh, oh what's I'm blanking Urban Meyer. Like I feel like he's definitely one of those guys who is not going to let you know a team like Purdue sneak up on them, um, no matter you know who they're playing the next week. Which we were hoping they would overlook us to play Penn State, and they proved me wrong. I thought Penn State was going to win and bull oh boy I, I did too i i thought um, i i predicted penn state to win the east this year at one time i took the best team in the country and they did what they always yeah. do in a big big 10 game they laid an egg yep yep um yeah i uh, will enjoy the 2018 2018 game forever uh um, yep. i don't think it's gonna, yep. gonna happen for a while just because uh, yeah i think ryan day is really locked in as a coach and has them locked in and um yeah just flush it i mean it was just i mean it's not even if we had any Injuries and that I don't think we had any really. We had a backup offensive lineman go down That's with a right away. I forgot. I think right a broken. Away. It was his first play of the game. He's the yeah. Missouri transfer. Um, yeah, but it was nice to see Mockaby hit 100. You know, yeah. at least it was the one bright spot. Um, they just hopefully, you know, the bye week came at the most opportune time. I think it did get some guys uh, healthy that are nicked up and sound like according to Walters that happened. He thought Hudson looked as fresh as he has since the first quarter of the Illinois game. Tyron Tracy should be back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Free Hill, like we said, should be back. I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping, um, I am struggling with names tonight, Evan, so you're going to have to help me. I, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, Stanford uh, corner transfer, oh, Muhammad yeah. Turner, right? Or Turner yes. Muhammad. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping he finally plays this week. Um, we haven't seen him all year. Um, cause we just need more depth back there. But uh, another bright spot of the Ohio state game, Mershon rice, yes. three receptions for 50 yards. And I Walter said that was just a combo of getting him involved in the mix. Some things they've seen him practice lately. He didn't say it was due to him getting healthy, but I still think he's been banged up a little bit cause mm-hmm. he has been his whole career. Um, and Garrett Miller start Miller's starting to come round into form. I feel like too, I think his knees finally starting to get to where it needs to be. So, but yeah, bye week came at the perfect time. Not only for Purdue to readjust after that shellacking, but also get healthy in two weeks to prepare for a team like uh, Nebraska is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I completely overlooked the whole Walters played at Colorado Nebraska rivalry because I saw that like he and they were talking about it this week, and I was like, why does he hate? Nebraska? I was like, oh, I completely forgot he played at Colorado yep. when the, when they. We're in the Big 12 together, and they absolutely despised each other. So that's and grew up a Colorado fan because his dad played right. there. So yep. yeah, he's uh, yeah. So so I think he yeah he kind of it was amazing to hear him talk about because he kind of put more juice on this than he did the Illinois game. <laughs> so uh, so I got me fired up and ready to go. Um, and, and speaking of Nebraska, Purdue leads the all time series six games to five, um, and Purdue's won four of the last five. 
against Nebraska, including the last two in Lincoln, which those trips were 2021 and 2018. Uh, but the, ever since Nebraska joined the Big Ten, games have gone as followed. 2013, they came to uh, Rossade and beat a Daryl Hazel team 44-7. to <laughs> then uh, the following year, uh, Alan Lincoln beat uh, Daryl Hazel 35-14. Then 2015, Daryl got one of his nine wins against the Cornhuskers, cool. 55-45 against a sixth-string quarterback. Uh, it was like, what, it was like 55 to like 20 at one point. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Oh, uh, man. Then Jared Jared Parker was the interim head coach in the trip to Lincoln, and Purdue fought pretty hard but lost 27-14. Like then in 2017 uh, – Jeff Brom and um, the Nick Holt defense broke at the end. Uh, it was a heartbreaking loss by the Boilers, 25-24. A Nebraska quarterback named Tanner Lee uh, <laughs> drove him down for the game-winning touchdown, which is still weird. Um, then 2018, uh, Purdue won 42-28. 2019, uh, 31-27. That was the Aiden O'Connell game, mm-hmm. uh, where Aiden kind of made his presence known to Purdue fans. Uh, 2020 lost 37-27. That season's just forgettable within yeah. itself. Uh, one in Lincoln last time we played there, uh, 28-23. And then uh, one last year at home, 43-37. Was it last year where they we were up kind of big and they kind of made us a, a late – I don't think I went to the game last year. They made a late game push to like kind of get it closer than what it actually really was. Yes, yes. I remember we wore the gold jerseys. Yep. It was a night game. And yeah, they had a wide receiver go nuts last year. Um oh it was uh Palmer on who plays in the NFL. Oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah, he went nuts last year on us. So I mean they're I mean a classic, you know, example of teams that can get athletes and just haven't produced. I mean, they've never really had an issue getting big time athletes, just a matter of whether or not they can put it all together and actually yeah. get results. Yeah, I was looking at their team. Uh, their team struggles offensively a lot like Purdue does, especially in the red zone. Um, but uh, Henrik uh, Herberg, I believe that's how he's pronounced his last name. He's their kind of new quarterback. He didn't start the season. Jeff Sims did. Uh, transfer from Georgia <laughs> Tech, but he was a turnover machine. So so Herberg's been uh, – yeah, Jeff Sims, for, in context, he had one touchdown, four picks for the year. Um, and it doesn't show his fumbles here, but he had a yeah, lot of fumbles. Three or four. Yeah, Whereas Har- three or four one game. Harburg's had five touchdowns, four picks, uh, but he's been sacked nine times. But he does like to run the football. He is their leading rusher. 85 carries for 424 yards and four touchdowns, with his long being a 72-yard. He averages five yards per carry. So look for them to try to take advantage of that. Um, they also have Anthony Grant running back. He has 70 carries for 302 yards, three touchdowns. Um, their leading wide receiver is banged up, I believe, Billy Kemp. He uh, leads their team with 21 receptions for 216 yards, only one touchdown. So they only have one receiver with 200-plus uh, yards, and he's the only receiver over 20 receptions. Their second leading receiver is actually a tight end, uh, Thomas Findon, the second, 15 catches for 175 yards, three touchdowns. So he must be their red zone go-to guy having three yeah. touchdowns. Um the, the weakness I would say of Nebraska is probably their offensive line right now, kind of like Purdue, both banged up. Uh, but but Nebraska's defensive line is very good. They are ninth in the nation in sacks and ninth against right. the run. <laughs> so, yes. So so that's uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Um, and Purdue's got to find a way to get Deion Burks more involved. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know he leads Purdue in receptions and yards and touchdowns, which is great. I mean, his numbers right now, 27 receptions, 418 yards, five touchdowns. He's averaging 15 and a half yards per reception, mm-hmm. but I still would like to see them use him more on end rounds. Heck even put him in the backfield occasionally. Yeah. Um, just be a little more creative getting him the ball. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I was surprised looking up stats. Purdue has three receivers over 300 yards for the season. Um, Adir Rahman Yassin has 329 yards on 25 receptions, still has not found the end zone yet. Yeah. Sheffield has 26 receptions for 308 yards, only one touchdown that came against Iowa. So, and then it drops down to Max Claire and then uh, Mockaby and Garrett Miller are the other two who have double digit receptions. So, uh, we'll see if some other guys can get in the mix. We did see Jaden Dixon Veal and mm-hmm. Jer- Jaron Tibbs and Elijah Canyon get some more playing time against Ohio State. So, that was a positive, I guess, of a blowout as they were able to get more guys in the mix and the rotation. And it sounded like they had a little scrimmage last week with younger guys involved. Yeah, I remember Walter saying in his radio show, I think it was before the Ohio State game, they are asking him about, like, hey, what do you do in the bye week? He says usually we'll have, like, a scrimmage or something where, like, the guys who don't play as much, they kind of get a lot more reps that week of the bye week just to kind of get them some, you know, number one reps. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's smart. I mean, yeah, get them – I mean. What does that ever Brian ever say? You know, you don't have depth until it's proven depth or something like that. So, like, I mean, we don't have a lot of proven depth much of anywhere right now. So, nice to get those guys some some reps. Yeah, yeah. And, and on the podcast I was on earlier tonight, they're asking me about offensive line struggles. I said, well, you combine injuries with the fact that three starters transferred out the mm-hmm. transfer portal. That kind of hurts. Yeah. So, uh, so I yeah, a lot a lot of teams I think in Purdue situation which would struggle. Would struggle. But and and go back to the kickers earlier, because now I got the roster pulled up. Julio Messias is the mm-hmm. uh kicker that struggled, but Caleb Crockover was the kicker I was trying to think of, the mm-hmm. guy who usually kicks off and made that extra point against Ohio State. So I want to make sure I did give him a shout the, out. There. Who hit the three field goals for to get the lease in the car? Give him a give him a walk No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> So go find him and suit him up, suit him up. So, but, um, you know, the Purdue strength this season, I think, I think we can both agree has been the defensive line, especially mm-hmm. the pass rush. Um, I mean, Kyron Jenkins has five sacks on the season scored and that's four and a half. So between those two guys right there, that's nine and a half sacks. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was just looking at turnovers, interceptions, Thieneman has three, Kim Allen two and, uh, Alessandro has one. So as a team, we only have six interceptions. So hope we get a few more. It sounds like I mean, if he's if the, their quarterback is a little turnover prone, hopefully we can get a few field. Yep, yep. I think so. it's, that's kind of what this team really needs. Just with the offensive struggles, just something something like that, like a defensive. I mean, defensive touchdown, or we saw you know um, Tracy take one to the house in the kickoff in the first game against Fresno State. But it needs something like that just kind of help the offense out because they need it. <laughs> so okay, we're seven games in the season. How do you evaluate this season so far? I know I I know I think I had us a three and four at this point in my preseason prediction, uh, so I'm not too far off from a record standpoint. I because I had us beating Fresno and Syracuse, but I had us losing to Virginia Tech. So right. um how do how do you evaluate everything so far from what you've seen? And it's tough. I mean, just because of you know some of the like offensive line issues. Um I'd say, you know, maybe a little bit below where I thought we might be. Um, I, I didn't think the offense would struggle 
as much as it has, especially like in the red zone, um, especially on like the goal line. <laughs> um, and I didn't think, I guess we did, I didn't know much about this defense, but I didn't think the defense would struggle like it did early on, um, especially against like RPOs and stuff like that. Um, I mean, just because of the way that, I mean, Syracuse and especially Fresno State and Syracuse, especially how they just kind of just lit us up all over the field. Um, I didn't think I would see that. I thought just from, you know, knowing Walters, you know, time as a defensive coordinator, I thought maybe it'd be a little more sound. But again, also it shows that, again, we've brought it up before. There's a reason why we have like eight defensive back commits in the 2024 class right now. Like he obviously sees areas where we need to improve, and that's the area that he's, you know, is near and dear to his heart. Um, I think maybe a little below. I mean, I, didn't, I wouldn't expect him a whole lot. Um, can't go into it. You know, obviously a bowl would be nice, but really these last four games, I mean, outside of the Michigan game, just I want to see, you know, fight, improvement, sky stay health, and just kind of hopefully build on it moving forward into the offseason. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, of course, we all want to make a bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. four out of the last five would be great, but even getting to five would be pretty good and like, yeah, give you think, some yeah. good momentum going in. Assuming you, assuming one of those five is retaining the bucket. Right. Because you don't want to lose that game, not go to a bowl, and then have some bad momentum going into the, the offseason. If we if but, we end up with four, but the kit, I, it, I won't feel great, but I can live with it. If I would be, you know, if it was five, it'd be like, hey, you know, kind of unless we, we had to rattle off, you know, three of the four winnable games, which I'll, you know, which is an improvement compared to that. We thought the first three games, three or three or four games were winnable games. And we came out with two. Um, it's hopefully shows an improvement, but yeah, obviously six would be nice, but and just by the way things have been going, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I'll be disappointed if we only get one of the last five. Yeah. Um, of too. course if we get zero. The last five. I'll be really disappointed. Right. Yeah. I'll have some big time concerns actually, if we go to yeah. 10, but yeah, um, but yeah, there's there's definitely opportunities there. There's definitely still a lot of football to be played. And I think all the guys, from the sounds of it, from from Ryan Walters' a press conference on Monday, all the guys know where we sit mm-hmm. and what's what's ahead of us. So they know what's on the line. How would you evaluate Hudson Card's play so far this year? A lot of ups and downs. I feel yeah. like. Um. Again, like I think he's kind of. I said I don't really know what to expect of him. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you, you see that he's a Texas transfer, you know, he was, you know, obviously if you commit to, if you commit to Texas as a quarterback, like you've got to be pretty good. Uh, but then you kind of remember that, you know, he hasn't played much at all. Um, so this is kind of his first, you know, first time really playing, you know, big time football. Um, you know, I like the fact he doesn't really turn the ball over too much. I mean, there was the, um, what game where he had a couple fumbles? Was it um, Syracuse? Syracuse. Yes, yep. it were, that was. I think that's probably the one, maybe outlier game of his. I think he's been pretty solid. Um, I know, I know, especially recently, he's had some issues with holding on to the ball a little too much, especially um, against Iowa. I wonder uh, how much that was of him being banged up, not wanting to run Yeah, which that you, you learn that he's you know been really banged up, I and mean, you see the tape on his neck, and you know that's obviously not good. I also wonder like. You know how much is he being restrained in terms of hey, like don't run um, because we, cause if you get hurt, then <laughs> this whole thing goes south fast. Um, I think he does a pretty good ball. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think he I like that he doesn't you know 
look at if his first reach not there, he just dumps it off to somebody. So I like the fact he does kind of go through his progression, seems to do it pretty well. Um, we also wonder, you know, obviously if people complain about Harold, you wonder if, you know, how, how much of that is play calling too, um, which is again, we'll just, just, time will tell on that. But, you know, I haven't, I've, I've enjoyed watching him play and I hope, I think he can get better for sure. Um, so I think he's been pretty solid for the most part for what we need. Yeah, he's he's had some you know some bad moments and some bad mm-hmm. games and decisions, but I am surprised how much flack the guys caught on Knucklehead Central. Um, yeah. Produced my pop, most popular message board. It just, I mean, I think for the most part he's been pretty solid given uh, given what he's got. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, we'll see we'll see how he plays the last five five games. But right now his stats up to date are 149 completions on 246 attempts, 1,617 yards. Uh, seven touchdowns, five picks. He has been sacked 17 times. And his sack yards and losses. Five picks. I guess I realized five two of them picks. were against Iowa. Okay. Um, I guess some have been like where they get, you know, batted and so there's sure. that. But sure. I feel, like yeah. hasn't, I, feel like, I feel like there hasn't been a whole lot where he's like just like thrown like, like whoa, like what were you doing sort of thing. I think there was a really bad one against Wisconsin. Yeah, I think that's about the only – yeah, I think that, that one – Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin, kind of forget about the Wisconsin game. Yeah, well, um, yeah, they all kind of run together after <laughs> after twenty years, but um, but uh, of course, the defense side of the ball, Dylan Thieneman's been a, a bright spot. I mean, he's oh, been yeah. awesome to watch. I mean, he leads Purdue in tackles and interceptions. He has forty uh, or sixty-two total tackles, forty-five of those solo, seventeen assisted, <laughs> and three interceptions and one pass deflection. Um, yeah, he's making a good case to be a freshman All American at this at this yeah. point. Yeah, I think him, Stevens, and Wilson, which Wilson obviously is hurt now, unfortunately, and doesn't sound good. I think they've all been really, really good for the most part. Um, you mean Brown instead of Stevens? Or no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the Mar- Marcavius Brown. Marcavius Brown. Yeah, my yeah, bad. From Ole Miss. Um, yeah, those two guys um, plus Steven, I think have been pretty solid all year. Um, I think, yeah, the linebacker spot's been a little bit of an issue just with containing um, – or the outside linebacker spots for sure with containment um, and just kind of getting matched – you know, bad matchups and getting matched up on either a good tight end or a slot guy and just getting toasted. But, yeah, I've been – I mean, Thieneman's been incredible. And I was, it was kind of funny because I, I was a little worried. I know I think I said this before, but when coming to the year, I was a little worried that, like, man, you know, he's a, obviously his two guys have played and, you know, it's, it's, you know he's the – first one to actually get a scholarship out of high school is like, man, I hope he doesn't get, you know, buried in the depth chart with all these guys. It's like, that's that he's, that's his spot to lose for <laughs> yeah, the next no. three years. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be a good one. He's going to yeah. be a good one. Got a comment on Facebook here from Thad Mooney, a loyal, loyal uh, listener and viewer of the pod. I typed so much that the comment went off the page, so I can't read it all. But uh, <laughs> if we can get the five wins, take it as a successful season, Walters is addressing his issues with secondary with recruiting. Offense and defensive line recruits will come. The depth on either line was Brahms' weakness with recruiting for what Amen. was left left over along with all the injuries. Young staff around there promises – there promise there once the staff gets their team made up and roster put together. Cards banged up with a Swift's cheese off its line. <laughs> he's forced the ball or hangs on too long trying to. I'm guessing he means make a play. Yeah, um, yeah, that that is one thing. Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, I like his patience in the pocket and letting plays develop, but sometimes he is waiting for that home run ball or that big play uh, yeah. too long. And that's one thing I am a little disappointed. I thought this would be a more of a big play offense. We haven't yeah. really seen it. And then, you I mean, part of that just comes from, you know, we hear all offseason about the air raid, which I know even they said, like, you know, the air raid is more of a concept, not necessarily just, you know, 
slinging all over the place like Mike Leach used to do. Um, rest in peace. But um, yeah, you would think you know, it could also just be I me. Mean, maybe the the personnel just doesn't isn't there yet, which is obviously right. possible. Right. Um, obviously, we lost the FAU kid who was. Uh, I always like, forget about that. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was. It sounded like he was going to be potentially number one wide receiver. So, and he was a big body guy. So you didn't wonder like how, if that had to really change things up kind of at the last minute, but yeah, we'll see. Yep. Yep. But should be a pretty interesting matchup in Lincoln. I think the latest line I saw was Cornhuskers favorite two and a half. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty closely even match, but let's go ahead and predict a few games kind of a week slate around the big 10 this weekend, only five games starting with one at noon on CBS. And this baby could be a bloodbath. You got uh, two and five Indiana at six and one, number 10 Penn state. Who's got to be pretty pissed off. You would think Penn state. Oh, the line jumped the points. It's last night. It's up to 32 <laughs> points for the Nittany lions. Uh, yeah, things are going South for the Hoosiers in a bad way. Uh, I hopefully- think they're going to have to, have to buy Tom Allen out. That's a lot of money. I it mean, is. It, like, it is. I don't. Donor gonna, is a donor going to step up and do that? I mean, they, and yeah, they, they paid ten million for Archie. I mean, that was yeah. and even that was like, ooh, are they going to do it because it was COVID and all that? It's like, yeah. oh, is, you know, is, are they going to do pay ten? This is twenty for a it football is. Coach. It is, and and you know, I've I've heard I, Indiana football fans say, well, who do we expect to get? Because if we get any young offense coordinator, even though there's more money. Now in the Big Ten more than ever, and it should be enticing from that standpoint. If he wins, say he somehow wins seven or eight games in Indiana, especially when the Big Ten becomes a eighteen team conference, he's got to have big jobs looking at him like crazy. So, yeah. or, or or maybe not big jobs, but like a I don't know Washington State or something that's a better football job, even though they don't have a conference. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was a bad example, but somebody that's more of a football school than Indiana, because Indiana is always going to be a basketball school. Right. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I mean, they had their fun in eight, 2018, 19, and 2020, but it has just gone off the rails, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I mean, I hope they keep the guy for life. Don't get yeah, me wrong, right, but yeah. – Great guy. Just, really a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I think Penn State covers that. that could yeah, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. Um, Maryland at Northwestern. Maryland coming off the, a bye week, which they really needed two losses in a row. Northwestern, I got to give them credit. They're three yeah. and four, and they fight harder than I thought they would this season. So I think their interim, I think that <laughs> I know, I think their interim coach will end up getting that job. He probably should. Yeah. Um, Maryland's a 13 half point favorite. I do think Maryland bounces back, and I do think they cover that, though. I'm agree with you there. Uh, Michigan State and Minnesota. Somehow, Minnesota's only a seven point favorite in this game. That's what Vegas thinks of the four and three Gophers. <laughs> Two and five, Michigan State has given up on the year. They are atrocious. That athletic department needs to be burnt. They can't get out of their own way. It's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I think Minnesota wins and covers. Yeah, I think so too. And then a night game, NBC number three, Ohio State, 14 half point favorites at five and two, Wisconsin. Camp Randall will be jumping, but. I don't think uh, the Buckeyes struggle at all in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Wisconsin covers. Okay. Ohio State wins, but I'm gonna say just yeah the you know Ohio State you know coming off the big win against Penn State. And I've already said you know Friday is not gonna make a team not gonna overlook a team, but I'm gonna say they overlook Wisconsin a little bit coming off the big win. <laughs> As Wisconsin, they got some dudes. You know, they Luke do Fickle, have some dudes. going against his former team. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Wrinkle. A little bit, of, I don't know, a little bit of juice there. Who knows? Um, Wisconsin coming off that, I didn't even realize they they came back against Illinois last week. I was 
Yeah, I I went out because I was watching kind of three games at once. Mm -hmm. Then then, uh, my wife and I decided to go out to dinner, and I thought the game was pretty much over. I checked the score on my phone at dinner. I'm like, oh, my God, Wisconsin came back and won (laughs) because I thought the West was going to be pure shambles. I'm like, oh, my God, Minnesota's going to end up winning the West somehow. I'm going to throw one up. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, Illinois choked pretty hard at that one. So. Yeah, yeah. Ohio State wins, Wisconsin covers. All right, I could, I could see that. I'll, I'll say Ohio State covers, but I, I won't be, won't be shocked. I'll be shocked if Wisconsin wins, though. Um, oh yeah. Um, then top twenty-five games. We'll just pick a couple here. Number six, seven, zero, Oklahoma at five and two, Kansas. Oklahoma's a nine and a half point favorite. <sighs> Man, this is. I, I'm tempted to pick Kansas. I mean, I know Oklahoma's really good. Um. I'm going to say Oklahoma wins, but doesn't cover. I'll say they barely cover. They win by about 10. I think they survived their scare against UCF yeah. at home over the weekend. So uh, winning by two. So I think I think they survived their scare there. Um, world's largest cocktail party. Number one, Georgia playing Florida. This is always played in Jacksonville, so it's a neutral site game. Um, 7-0 Georgia and 5-2 and Florida. That I'm kind of surprised is unranked. Georgia's a 14 point favorite. I think Georgia wins. I'll go right on the nose of 14. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, I think they win by 14, 17 ish. Uh, number 20, Duke, 5 and 2 at number 18, 6 and 1, Louisville, coming off a bye when they really needed it because they lost to a bad Pittsburgh team in the <laughs> ring. Wait, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> a Jeff Rom team losing a week after they pulled an upset and losing in bad weather. I've never seen that before. Unheard of. Unheard of. <laughs> um, Louisville's Who could have seen that coming except ever, all of us? <laughs> everybody. Uh, Louisville's a four-point favorite. I do think they'll be prepared after the bye week, and they will beat Duke. Let's go, Duke. Mike, Mike yeah, Elko. Pull, pull off the upset. Mike Elko and the boys. Uh, good round in the Pac-12. Number eight, Oregon. Six and one travels to Salt Lake City to play. I think that's where Utah, the University of Utah is located. To play six, right. and, six and one, number 13, Utah. Uh, but Oregon's a six and a half point favorite on the road. I'm gonna go with the Utes. I am too. I think that's disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they're good. I I love their head coach. Um, yeah. Uh, did you happen to catch what he said about their quarterback after their win at USC? No, I didn't. He said Caleb Williams is great and all, but uh, our our quarterback he's tough as nails. He's a pig farmer, and they just kept going <laughs> on and on. It's like, all right, man. I love that. I love that. Uh, um, Pittsburgh two and five at six and two, number fourteen Notre Dame, who is a twenty and a half point favorite. Yeah, Notre Dame blows yeah, the yeah, doors off. Yeah, they they roll in that one. Um, number twenty one Tennessee five and two at five and two Kentucky. Tennessee is a three and a half point favorite. Man, this could get bad if they go back to back. It was back to back, and they were lost at Bama. Which is really tough for them. <laughs> I actually had a sidebar. I had a, my friend who's a Tennessee fan. He sent me a tweet over uh, before the weekend, and it was like because Hypel had to go back to back wins against Saban, and uh, it was a tweet of like coaches who have gone back to back wins versus Saban, and he's like, I did not expect Purdue to be on this list. I'm like, couldn't you, Joey couldn't T? Be, yeah, couldn't be Joey T. Joey T. Um, uh, go Cats! I'm pulling the Cats. I, I am too, and we start hearing Tennessee fans start grabbing about high ball. <laughs> start grabbing about, but they 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 won the 2021 Music City Bowl. Just ask. Yep. Um, That's fine bomb. The best team in Colorado, number nineteen, 
7-0 Air Force at 3-4, should be 4-3, Colorado State. Air Force is a 12-point uh, favorite. I uh, Give me Troy Calhoun in the triple option uh, yep. um, Air Force Falcons. I'm with you. They cover. The wannabe best team in Colorado, 4-3 Colorado Buffs. The last time we saw them, they lost to a horrendous Stanford team in double overtime, 46-43 to after being up 29-0 a half. They traveled to number 23, 5-2 UCLA, who just played that Stanford team on the road and beat them 42-7. <laughs> and UCLA is a 17.5-point favorite. Give me the Bruins and Chip, I hope you cover. Yep, same. <laughs> uh, Shout out to James Madison, 25th. 25th, they're 20 and a half point favorites over Old Dominion. Uh, yeah, they'll win and cover. Why not? Um, and then the two more here number 17, North Carolina, six and one. Horrendous, horrendous at home loss to, to Virginia at three and four, yeah. Georgia Tech. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drake yeah, Mays, Heisman, I mean, chances really went up like, in flames. Yeah, I think they had, I mean, I think they had an outside shot of making the playoff sure. to win the ACC, but pff, nope. Nope, not now. It's, yeah, toasted. Same thing with Louisville. Like the ACC's thinking, crap, you know, it's Florida State or nothing because Clemson's not Clemson anymore. No. Um, I think North Carolina covers 11-point spread over Georgia Tech here. I think so, too. And lastly, man, I hope this team gets a little worse before we go out to Corvallis and play them next year. (laughs) Number 11, Oregon State, who's 6-1, travels to 4-3 Arizona. We're going to say three and a half point favorites. I think DJ and the Beavers, DJ Ukulele, I think is how you pronounce the last name. I think uh, the Beavers cover this one. Yeah, I do too. How they don't have a conference home already just baffles me. In yeah. Washington State, they're not bad programs. They're occasionally good at basketball. I, I don't get it. Oh, did you see? Uh, I just saw because Newbert tweeted about it. Um, I think the Big East commissioner said that the that Gonzaga is the perfect fit for the Big East, just because of the fact that you know basketball centric, they don't have a football team and all that. <laughs> Brian posted what it takes to drive from like the East Coast to Spokane. It was like thirty seven hours. <laughs> Screw it, dude! Don't say drop the absurd. window. We don't care anymore. <laughs> it's just. You know, I, I'm i not as concerned. I mean, it is what it is. You know, the Big Ten's having four new teams. It's, yeah. Life's going to get tougher for the Purdue's, the Indiana's, Northwestern's, the Illinois's, a lot of the Big Ten, really. Yeah. Um, and those four programs are going to realize, oh, we're not the big boys in the conference anymore. No. Uh, but I think it'll be fine for football, travel and everything, because you get a week. But basketball, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. And other sports. Other sports, right, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's the real issues, like the non-revenue sports, is because yeah. they don't fly, you know, private, you know, necessarily. No. So, uh, lastly, before we switch gears and talk a little basketball before we hang this week's pod up, uh, I want your spicy bowl prediction before your game prediction. <sighs> bowl prediction. Thieneman gets not one. But two picks takes like one it. to the house. And last time we played there, Jalen Graham had uh, two picks, one to the house, mm-hmm. I believe. So I like that. I like that. I'm going. Oh, I really. I'll save that. Uh, the one I want to say for a different game. I'll keep that one in my back pocket. I'm going two touchdowns for Garrett Miller. Love it. Two touchdowns for Garrett Miller. So I like Purdue's chances if that happens. I think. 
So, uh, score prediction, Webby. What's the over under? Check. Um, over under is 39 and a half. Okay. I'm going to go Boilers 24 to 21. You took my prediction. Did I really? <laughs> yes, that's the exact prediction I made already but, once tonight, and I was going to stick with it. Uh, I did not listen to that show. That's um, right. We have a field goal, but it's not its not a game winner. It's just we just, you know, we need it at some point. Well, since you did it all up it by one field goal apiece, 27-24 Purdue. We there make two go. field goals. <laughs> or maybe we miss an extra point. That's probably more <laughs> realistic. We miss an extra possible. point. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I I just think I like this matchup for Purdue coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. I just something about it I, I like. And I don't know. I, they're cut, I mean, they've won two in a row, so they're feeling pretty good about themselves in Nebraska. But I a new new head coach, Matt Rule. It's not Scott Frost mm-hmm. anymore, unfortunately. But I just I don't know. Something about this. I I like Purdue's chances here. All right. Uh, well, before we get into talking about some Boilermaker basketball that's um, coming up with a charity exhibition this weekend, the football game is not on Peacock this week, everybody. It is on Fox Sports 1. It's the 3.30 kickoff, which is one of my favorite times for a football game. But it is a tough time to figure out, should we eat before the game? Should we eat after the game? What, what are we doing here? Well, uh if, if you're struggling with that, I mean, I can't really help you, but I can help you uh, with your problem of deciding where to eat or where to get food from, and that should be Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom is brought, or the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, I should say, and they've been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese sticks, but whenever Evan, myself, or Andrew go, we like to sit down, have an ice-cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which we're in the last week of October, so you better take advantage of this dessert pizza. It is the pumpkin spice pizza. It's a dessert pizza featuring a sweet pumpkin spice pie mix topped with roasted mini marshmallows and finished with walnuts and powdered sugar starting at the price of $14. So uh, they got more than just pizza. They got pizza. They got grinders. They got wings. Of course, they're home with the original cheese stick like I already mentioned. So they got plenty of good options. They also have great beer to go with that. So if you stop in, tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you. You get $5 off any order over $20 or if you're ordering online because, you know, you don't want to go there before the game, you don't want to go there after the game, you want to celebrate in your own house, you want to get prepared for the game in your own house, maybe you need something to eat at halftime. I don't know what the case is going to be. Use coupon code BREAK5 to claim your discount online. That's $5 off any order over $20. MadMushroom.com. Mad Mushroom feed your head. All right. Boilermaker basketball unofficially underway. This weekend, <laughs> had the fan day last week in which you attended. Um, what was your synopsis from what, what, what you saw? Um, it was a gorgeous day. Great day to be on campus. Um, I haven't had a chance to walk around campus a little much, um, especially with students on. I went down to uh, like Chauncey Hill area afterwards, kind of just walked around, visited the bookstore and all that. Um, so it's nice to be back on beautiful day um I, I did not get a chance to make it to the women's portion i was bummed like it was just was not able to make it for a 10 a.m start um 
So I got there right as uh, the men's team took the floor and were warming up. Um, pretty good, pretty good crowd. Uh, looks like lower bowl was, I'd say, eighty percent full, and there's some people still sitting up in the upper upper bowl. Um, but I mean, really, my big takeaway was Ethan Morton. Um, I know if you've read anything about the day, I mean, he looked like a different player compared to what we saw last year. Um, you know, in two of the three games, he handled the point for his team exclusively, uh, which was something we really haven't seen him do a whole lot. Um, he looked confident. He was distributing the ball. I think even the first play of the game, he got a steal. Um, he had a couple pull-up jumpers that looked really good. Um, yeah, I was just really impressed with him. You know, definitely kind of looked like he could be that. You know, we've, you know, we've, you know, we've always talked about, you know, you need somebody to back up Braden because he can't play 35 minutes for <laughs> an entire season. Um, and we always kind of thought maybe that would be Lance Jones, but the way Lance Jones has been playing, he may have to be starting and playing next to Braden. Um, so if we need that second unit, I think. I read where he shot 10 threes. I doubt he does that in actual he did. game. Right, yeah. Which, I mean, these games are weird because it's like the stats, I mean, pretty, not too great from three. That was about the one thing. That and free throws was like the if I had to like go like. Oh, I can hear everybody just cringing yeah. when you said that. So Yeah. Um, did not shoot, but then also you've got like, I mean, Gillis took a ton of threes. Jones took 10. He made four of them. 40%. I'll take it. Um, Trey took a couple. Obviously, Fletcher took a couple. I think Braden took a couple. Um, so he definitely took probably more. You know, you had guys shooting more than they would in a game, a rural game scenario, just because of the, the matchups and the lineups. I know Colvin had was like oh, was over whatever he did. He did not have a good day. Um, yeah, yeah, Morton looked great. Um, Trey uh, Trey Coffin Rand looked really really good. Uh, what I liked about him was, you know, obviously the, him, him and Edie played together. Edie had a nice dish where he caught the ball and the tray just kind of crashed from the from the top of the paint and uh, or top of the key and beautifully. Uh, you know, a lot of times Trey was actually matched up on Edie, and when Edie was guarding him, Trey had like his hook shot was unguardable on Edie, which is pretty cool. I mean, because we're always facing tall guys in the Big Ten for sure. Um, but he looked really good. Even he would catch the ball on top of the key and would drive, which we didn't really see that do him do that last year, which is could be big because it's just the whole thing about if, if TKR and you play together, spacing is going to be an issue because those are both pretty post-centric guys. Um, so, but I, I liked what I saw. Um, what else? Yeah, Colvin really struck. Um, just wasn't his day. I wasn't too worried. He, the only thing I really worried about was just he definitely looked like it was it was getting to him, the frustration, which, I mean, he's a freshman, 18. He's even, I mean, he's young. He may, like, he's 18 years old, like, we remember playing when we were 18 years old, like how frustrated we would get if we weren't playing well. So intermural, it, it, baby. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it'll, he'll come along. I think he'll be fine. Um, and again, I know it's been documented. It's tough too. Cause he is the only scholarship freshman. So all the, all the, um, all the coaching is definitely being directed at him solely. And we heard a lot about that, heard a lot about that when Carson was, went to the program. Um, I thought brain looked awesome. Um, had you not, had I not known that he was a sophomore, I would have guessed he was at least a junior just by the way he just, his presence and the way he controlled the ball. Um, I like there'd be a couple of times where he would get up, he'd get a screen. He would just, you know, come off the screen and just pull up you know, right away. Like, I like that aggressiveness. Obviously, you know, there's that fine line between, between aggressive and just being reckless. Um, didn't see him drive and kind of do a crazy pass like we would see last year. So hopefully that's kind of getting out of the system. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was, you know, it was just fun to, to see the team. And obviously, you know, it's a inner squad scrimmage. It's a little tough to kind of gauge. Like if someone does something good is because someone else <laughs> screwed up. 
Um, Fletch looks solid. Uh, his mid range game was awesome. Um, I think he'll be, I think he'll take a big leap this year for sure. Um, and Cam Heidi had one of the most, had a super athletic dunk where he drove baseline and reverse slammed it. And it was like, he definitely was like, I, I'm a little disappointed the crowd didn't react the way I reacted because I, it got me off my seat. Um, and I yelled pretty loudly. Um, but he had a couple moves where he would drive and just yeah, his athleticism. You know, he was able to get a shot up over Edie, where like if it was, you know, if it was Fletcher, like it would have been, he would have stood no chance. But just because the way he's he's bigger and he can contort his body, he he would be able to get it up. Um, and then like I said, uh, kind of mentioned Lance Jones. He was I thought he was he would look better than I thought he would. He looked a lot more athletic than I thought he was going to. Um, I know I texted you and Andrew that uh, in the second game his team was down two. Um, the other team was shooting free throws was missed again, going back to my point. Throws. Um, and he got it and I swear there was like three seconds left and he drove the length of the court, which granted no one really tried to stop him, which again, I'm like, it's a scrimmage. I was, cause I was a little, I was a little more about the defense at that point. So I was like, why didn't like, <laughs> if that happened in a real game, I'd be so mad because he had no trouble getting to the, but the fact that he got, you know, essentially three quarter court in less than three seconds, he missed the layup, but it was a, it was a pretty tough layup and he was going full speed. But I was like, Oh, I did not expect him to be that athletic, but it's just also funny to see him next to like Braden or Fletcher. Cause he's just so much bigger. Like his arms are huge, like, which is nice. Cause we'll need that physicality on defense, especially I think of a guy like Xavier Johnson, you know, going up against him. Like he's a big guard. Who's 24 years old. I was going to say um, he's also hundred. Yeah. Big on men, like versus like you know last year it was probably Ethan Morton doing something like that. Where I think now with Lance Jones, like that'll be a huge help. And then like I just like did a really good job when the ball was down low. You know, he, he was picking and choosing spots like, and if he can hit mid thirties from three, like that'll be so big for him because it's been obviously the, everything's going to collapse on Edie. Um, but overall, it was it was fun to see. You know, um, the assistants were running the show. Painter just kind of sat to the side signing autographs, um, kind of just overviewing, seeing everything. But it was. PJ and, and uh, Sasha were the two like kind of most vocal coaches on either side. So that was cool to see. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, they do a charity scrimmage. These, these are kind of weird. These, they, they, I mean, they're great because they go to charity, yeah. but it's kind of weird. How we went from the secret scrimmages and now there's televised scrimmages. You like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can buy tickets to them and it's going to be televised on sec plus down in Fayetteville. Uh, the boys travel to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas Razorbacks who have been a strong program. The last couple of years with the must bus leading the charge down there. So it's gonna be gonna be a good test for Purdue. I, I'm not worried if they win or lose. I yeah. I fully expect a panic meltdown from the message boards if Purdue loses. I just yep. want to get out healthy. That is healthy. the main spot. I don't want learn to learn something. Like I mean they're, gonna be, yep. they're at, I mean, if anything under must, they've been they're just athletic freaks down yep. there. Like yep. kind of been the new kind of the newer trend for SEC basketball. They're just like just teams that just Positionless. I have a bunch of dudes that are six six to six eight, and just can gym. Um, and he's a good coach. I mean, he's gotten to the elite eight. You know, he's gotten far in tournament the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I'm not really too worried. You know, obviously, I hope Purdue wins. Um, as long as they don't get like blown out, <laughs> I'm okay. Um, but yeah, full expecting a meltdown. Either you know, either like if we win going away, it's going to be like <laughs> temper the expectation if they get blown out. Um, like you hear about like FAU apparently got their doors blown off in North Carolina, <laughs> which I do think, and and I know there's some people. Uh, I think Jeff Goodman said, uh, um, uh, Dusty may uh, still getting disrespect. I'm like they're ranked tenth, and I still right. think their run last year was a fluke. So yeah. I mean, I, think I, I would not be. I think they're obviously good. I, I could not 
like it was actually that game made me think of it. I was like, I wonder if they're going to follow suit with North Carolina, what they did where they kind of got to made to that final four run as an eight or nine seed. That's what North Carolina did. Mm -hmm. And then start the next year, top 10 North Carolina was, was number one last year. And then just fall off the map. Well, yeah. All of a sudden there's eyes on these guys. Right. Down yeah. There like, in, Raton. I mean, they, yeah. they weren't talked about at all last year. I mean, okay. Your diehard college basketball fans knew who they were right. following them there near knew they were going to be a tough out in NCAA tournament, but nobody thought they were a legit final four contender. Get out of here and a shot away from being a national championship. So. Yeah. I mean, they played, um, they, they played pretty good schedule. Obviously they play Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be, I mean, they'll get some better quality wins, but yeah, we'll see. I'm not sold yet. Yeah. So it's, it's just crazy to think uh, the first game against Samford is less than two weeks away, two weeks from yep, last night. Insane. And then the first big game, so to speak, is uh, less than three weeks away against Xavier mm-hmm. at home. And then it's the Maui. So it's yeah, just uh, <laughs> thrown, thrown right in the fire right away. So, uh, but that makes it exciting as a fan. Yep. So it makes it, makes it, makes it exciting. But uh, yeah, our podcast will get even longer soon, mm-hmm. everybody. So uh, we got, got that to look forward to. I guess we'll uh, kind of have our preview next week, I guess. We're going to try to fit in sometime next week. Yeah. So they're, they're, <laughs> we're either going to make it a real long episode or, or two episodes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I'm, kind of what I'm thinking. So um, anything else, Bobby, before we put a wrap on this one? No, it's nice to have football back this weekend. I said I kind of texted you guys last Saturday. Like I kind of forgot that college football existed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I like the buy because there's no stress, you know. Yeah. But then I'm sitting there, I'm like, that, that's what I know. I love my team when yeah. I, I'm bored, even though we're two yeah. and five. And I'm like, man, I wish Purdue was playing today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> even though my heart's like, oh, I'm glad. Which is why I went to fan game. I was like, no game. I'm going to yeah. do something. Right. Right. So, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's that's when I know I'm a sicko when I'm, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And actually, I was looking forward to just sitting on the couch and watching college football last week, mm-hmm. and which I did for, yeah, a good part of the day, at least. So, because don't get to do that very often. That's one thing about, I mean, I love going to Ross State, don't get me wrong, but I do like watching game day and, and some of the pregame shows and don't get to do that too often if you're going to Ross State. So, but but uh, we'll, we'll definitely all next week uh, get our fill of college football if, 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 if that's what you want to do before the Michigan game because that's 7.30 NBC. Yeah. So, 3.30 Fox Sports 1 this week, 7.30 NBC. So two weeks in a row, non the, non the peacock. So. <laughs> So, so celebrate accordingly. So, um, one last thing, Webby, I got, I got these icons up here of our sponsors of the podcast. We already did the mad mush read. This other one is for the shop. Yes. The shop, uh, the board breakdown is brought to you by the shop. The shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to the fans since 2011 from their humble beginnings in garages and basements. You can find them at their two retail stores and online. Comfortable shirts it makes everybody happy. Tanner's got one on right now. Oh, I wear this no, shirt all the time. So yeah, comfortable. So comfortable. Um, the shop's located in Carmel and Indy, as well as online at the shop indie.com. They make the best shirts, period. And next time you're shopping online, Christmas is right around the corner. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally two months from tomorrow. Oh, boy. Use <laughs> <laughs> promo code BREAKDOWN. Uh, if you're like me, you need, uh, need extra, extra help this holiday season. Use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order. Help Santa Claus out this year. Be nice. Yes. Be nice up there. And, and and if you're uh they got other shirts besides Purdue. We've mentioned all the colleges, but uh basketball season started, NBA season started tonight. I don't know what the yep. score is of the Nuggets Laker game, but I hope the Nuggets are smacking them around. Um for multiple reasons. But um <laughs> they got some really cool new Pacers shirts they released. So the shop does nine with nine nine to go in the third. Beautiful. Um 
yeah, the shop has some new Pacers gear they released that's really sharp looking, which that's one thing. The Pacers have some of the best design throwback gear, um, yes. multiple throwback jerseys that are really, really cool. So, yes, yep. I agree. So, all right, Webby. Well, that said, um, get yourself some boiler merch off the shop. Get yourself some pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, beer from Mad Mush. Let's get a boiler win. Let's boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Cornhuskers. Boiler up.